Welcome to Imposter Interrupted 2019 Chapter 1 Edition. Thank you guys for joining me in 2019 for following along with this podcast. I'm so excited and really hoping to grow this year. So please continue to listen. I'm going to try to be more regular um, with this podcast. I'm going to try to put out weekly, get more great guests, and I'm really excited to um, continue this journey and not forget with all of my new events that this podcast is really, you know, the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. So in November, I did an event called Meet Your Media Mentor, which was a speed mentoring event um, featuring a bunch of really cool uh, women in Montreal who work in the media. I really enjoyed the event. I thought it was a big success for a first time. And so I'm following it up with another event happening next Wednesday, January 16th. Uh, This time we are marketing. So this is a little bit different than normal networking events because it's more like programming. And this event is really good for you if you hate standing around at networking events, kind of like mustering up the courage to introduce yourself to people. The speed dating formula makes it really easy to connect and smooth um, in terms of like meeting people and talking with people. You basically sit at a table and a mentor comes and you guys have a small discussion for 15 minutes. A buzzer rings. It's not really a buzzer. It's my friend Alex Packis, who's been on this podcast, who is the MC, will kind of like let you know that it's time to move on. The mentor will move on. Another mentor will come and you'll have a new, fresh discussion. So people really enjoyed it last time. I think it's a really good format. It's also for you if you're interested in breaking into marketing, branding, or public relations, or you have a business and want to kind of understand a little bit better how to market, brand, um, communicate about it, reach out to the media about it, stuff like that. If you want to increase your connections and uh, meaningful relationships in this field and just in general in a variety of industries and among women in Montreal, I think it's a really good way to increase your connections and like have meaningful conversations. Last time there were conversations about like egg freezing and family planning and like how priorities might have changed if you thought about the, the future and all kinds of things like that. So it's really like the connections that you make are very meaningful and it's for you really if you just want to make awesome new friends. I think we're all looking for new friends, friendships, you know, especially if you have friendships in adulthood change. It's like a very kind of crazy change where some people are married, some people are babies, some people are still partying, some people are finishing university, some people are super settled in their career. It's a very destabilizing time for friendships and it's really good to like find your people again, find new people, expand your network, like and really feel supported. I think um, this is a great place to like come find friends. I know I find lots of friends at networking events and um, the people that I interview for this episode, I met at a networking event. They host networking events. I'm obsessed with them. I love them. They're like superstars to me. So um, I really encourage you to come to networking events. It can change your life. So I started, I have a little, um, I've been writing a little bit of copy for my events and I really want to stress to people that, you know, it's okay to not be Insta-ready glossy like girl bossy like it's really okay to just be like on the hot mess express okay it's fine to be a hot mess it's fine to not know what you're doing you know and you can still get to the c-suite without having or feeling like you have your shit all completely together like be honest ask for help and really ask yourself like when you're looking at opportunities oh no 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 like I don't know why not you? If not you, who? And what makes the other person who does do it more capable or qualified than you? Like at our age, everyone can do whatever that they want and like just be okay in your hot messness and be proud of yourself and don't worry that, you know, 
you're not glossy or bossy. It's totally okay. So um, the mentors for this event this uh, coming week are like really amazing. So there's Mar- Marjorie Joazil who's going to be on this podcast. Um, I've already interviewed her. I have to edit it, but she runs Grind Atelier, which is a marketing school. She's also like has has worked in the industry, um, specifically in fashion, but a lot of other things too. And she's like uh, one of the coolest people I think I've ever met ever. We had like a really special soul connection when she came, and I interviewed her. Um, and she's just a great person to know. Erin Willett is another person. She's a branding professional and she works a lot, um, not as much in marketing, but a lot in like organizational or, uh, structure and like work culture and branding in that sense, in the culture sense. So she's also really cool. Julie Carbone is a good friend of mine from high school. We still keep in touch. She has been like strategy director, worked in strategy in every agency basically in Montreal. She didn't go to university for it. She started really young, like straight out of CGEP um, in the marketing field and has climbed her way quick, fast to the top. So right now she's the director of strategy at Wavemaker. She's has more than like nine years of um, experience in advertising and in strategy specifically. She's earned like 10 awards. She's a super um, well-known and well-regarded uh, woman in the industry. So She's like a really good person to know, especially if you're interested in working in an agency. And then um, Stephanie Arthur, who's the co-founder of the female department. I think if you come to my events, you probably know the female department. She also does PR for NYX, NYX, the uh, makeup brand. She's also a really cool person with many, many years in um, the PR field. Jessie Sternthal, who has been on this podcast, you can uh, go back and listen to her. She's a freelance um, writer and brand voice giver. She works on tons of ad campaigns. She's uh, also someone who worked in agencies for a long time. So if you're interested in working in an agency or you're interested in being a freelance and a writer, she's someone who's really great to talk to because she has tons of experience both in agency and being a freelance writer and like building clientele and that kind of thing. Um, Emma Cusson, she works at One Milk, Two Sugars PR. She started really young uh, in the fashion industry at Pajar. She worked in New York for a division of Paper Magazine. She's done events. So she works as the lead of on creative and business development at One Milk, Two Sugars. Peggy Vretis, also from One Milk, Two Sugars, is um, a veteran of Aldo Shoes. So she was there for over a decade, really like honing PR skills. She's a seasoned professional. She works for with tons of cool brands. And then finally, Jacqueline Hefter, who's really cool. You guys can follow her on Instagram. She's like, she's like one of the first people on Instagram. She has tons of tons of followers. She has her own um, digital media marketing firm with her twin sister Liana. She started as a with a photography blog in two thousand nine before this was even really a thing. It went viral. She got like almost a hundred thousand uh, hits in her first ever year. Um, and then she really just like rolled from there. She did social media marketing for a long time for companies like Playboy and Michael Kors. And then she and her sister, uh, founded a firm and it's been really successful. She's a really cool person to follow. She's also funnily like kind of an accidental advocate for CBD in the States. Um, and, and marijuana THC, but in the States, uh, you know, you can't smoke weed. So she's like, does kind of like advocacy work almost accidentally for, for that. And I think it's really interesting because like I was saying at the beginning, you know, like 
as women, we're expected to be like glossy and bossy and like not party girls, like really put together and like you can relax. And sometimes people relax with with weed and sometimes people relax with wine. And I know I do. And like we don't talk about these things and it's so great to kind of like be honest. Honesty is so refreshing and it's really something that, you know, you can't fake. So Jacqueline's a really cool person. I would follow her and come to talk to her also about like being an entrepreneur, social media marketing, all kinds of stuff. Like she's really an expert in all kinds of stuff and she works really, really hard. So if you're looking for a quick fix, um, I don't think she's the person to talk to. She can really tell you how to work hard and crush it. So this has been my longest intro of life. Speaking of networking events, I am interviewing in this episode, Lelila, Joelle, Martina, and Desiree Ruiz, who are so cool. They know that I love them. They're the duo behind Lelila. So Lelila is like pretty much, pretty much like a monthly, it's called Lelila Society. It's like a monthly gathering of women. I call it like a female empowerment story slam. So maybe five women get up and like tell their story and it is really, truly life-changing. The next one is on January 30th. It's in like two Wednesdays from now. Really amazing. It happens at Joe Verse and it's truly life-changing. Like you, I call them both like Elle Woods. They're so optimistic. They're so like beautiful, put together, honest, vulnerable, like everything you want to be and you're kind of like scared to be, they are. They're just like, it's really crazy. They're amazing. So um, we talk a lot about, you know, how they founded Lelila, the origin story of it, and where they hope to see it going. It's really growing quite fast. Um, I don't think that that events were happening as frequently as they are now. And it's really like once a month. And the speakers are amazing. There's over 100 women there, like, and everyone is like, has a soul connection. It's so crazy. Like they create a space where every single person in the room can have a soul connection with each other and it's you wouldn't believe it until you see it and you're there um so I really hope you enjoy this episode like I said these girls are or these women are I think they're like truly amazing and I think that you're you should all listen to them you should come to Lilila you should be obsessed with them like I am and also you should come to my event at meet your marketing mentor on January 16th I think it's going to be super fun and I really hope that I get to see some listeners there and I hope that this time I get to plug my podcast at the event so enjoy this episode and I'll see you guys next Wednesday hi guys thank you so much for coming thank you for having us for having us have you um, so do you want to start a little bit by telling me who you guys are individually and then who you are together? <laughs> oh God, individually. Yes. Um, go ahead. So I'm Joelle Martina. I am 38 years old. I'm a mother of four and, um, my favorite attribute is being a friend and a mother. Aww. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Desiree Ruiz. I'm 39 years old, a mother and I guess I'm going to carry on and say <laughs> that my favorite attribute is being a friend also. It's really important for me to make people that are around me feel safe and supported. <laughs> and then together you guys are Lelila, so do you want to tell me a bit about that? So Lelila is a society that we started two years ago this November. It came at a, at a crossroads in our lives. We had just went through uh, some tough moments. Um, for me it was a miscarriage. 
uh, Desiree was ending a 13-year relationship and we just really had to make light of what was going on to I don't know connect we've always worked in the with public like jobs that had to do with working with people and now all of a sudden uh, Desiree was at home with an 18 month old I was at home with uh, all the kids Um, and so we just really just need to get out of the house and see women and also connect and feel feel alive what was your initial goal like starting out with Lady Lai was to connect with women and then like now it's quite big so when did you see that there was an opportunity to scale and like a need beyond your yourselves well when I was going through my separation I, I have this whenever I'm going through anything I research and go online and I need to find answers or at the time for my separation I was searching for I was reading blogs. I was up all night reading blogs about women going through something similar, and I just needed to feel less alone. And and hearing their stories or he- meeting other women face to face through friends, um, and hearing their stories just comforted me. And you know, the more the more people you talk to, the more stories you hear, and the more you're inspired by people's stories. And Joelle and I just said. Um, let's let's get a whole bunch of women that have, you know, who's who's had stories that have resonated um, with us and that have said they've said something that had inspired us, and that's what we did. We literally just invited five of our friends to share, and on my end there was also a need to uh, to share my story because I felt that a lot of people had this idea of my life. Mm-hmm. They had an idea of my life, and they were. What what striked me was when I would tell people that I was sad, people were surprised, and that 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 was really off for me and frustrating, but also somewhat not enlightening. But it was really surprising that people would had a certain preconceived notion of who you were and exactly. how because you were smiley, and also we feel that sometimes people think that. Um, if you have a sad story and you have a lot of pain, that automatically you look like you should look like whatever it is you, that you are. You look broken. You look like you've been run over by a truck. That if you've been through dramatic things, they don't think that you can have something sadness and difficulty and still get up in the morning, put yourself together, do your hair, keep a smile on your face. They always think that um, something dramatic looks dramatic on the woman. So to see women all put together is very off-putting for people. They're always so surprised. So when you tell them you're sad, exactly like you were saying, they're like, oh my God, really? Oh, you? Like, yeah. Oh my God, like, how can you be sad? You have so many friends. You have a beautiful daughter. You know, you you, you have this, you have that. And it, was, it, it just, again, there was that frustration because it's like, it doesn't mean because of all of that, I'm not sad. Mm-hmm. And I was very sad. And, and the more I shared, you know, obviously in small smaller groups, the more I shared, the more people opened up also and opened up about their stories. And we started, slowly but surely, we started to hear really beautiful stories from other women. Mm-hmm. I think that's, so, like, true. You're, you guys both have, like, nice families. It's, like, a really, and you're both very physically beautiful. And it, like, gives permission, kind of, to, like, other people who come watch to be, like, okay, you can also be vulnerable and, like, working through things and, like you say, like, get yourself up, get yourself together, like, 
be like the best person you can be, but also be really open about kind of like hot me- the hot mess. That how hard it is. Like I got myself up and together, but it was really hard. You know what I mean? Like the day was extremely hard. And we always say like before the events start, we're like, honestly, we wish we would, the days of the events, we should have a camera crew. Like on your house, four kids, like I could barely get myself together and I don't have my daughter. How I make it out the door before a convo is, or the thing like trying to do the makeup and then like a kid like screaming here and fighting there and cooking with one hand. And you're like, it's like a joke. Like it's like the cartoon that you would see mm-hmm. and, like, and then you make it and you're like hi I'm so happy and like it's so calm so nice it is also like for me you guys are like very aspirational where like it's like a choose your own adventure like you're divorced <laughs> but still like have this like wonderful open heart hearted mm-hmm. life like you're married mm-hmm. you have like a hundred kids <laughs> <laughs> like, and you still it's, but still it's still awake. like it's so nice and aspirational so I think you guys should like give yourself some time on the back thank you thank you even though you're really vulnerable and nice like we still really look up to you <laughs> thanks um, we try that you just like you get up and you do you your just best. do you you do your best every day and then it's just to see that people that it resonates with any, mm. anybody is surprising and exactly you asked before about um how it got it got bigger and then we just have we obviously like I always say I wanted to live in a world where women talk to one another women encourage each other and even in the car like our last event was exactly on my birthday and I was saying without it being self-centered I love the feeling of how people act towards you when it's someone's birthday not just my own but like that day the way people talk to you if you they haven't talked to you all year to me that's how life should be I feel like people should live like that like it's everyone's birthday kind of every day that you'll reach out and say hi that you look someone in the eye that day that the person at the office that never talks to you is like happy birthday you're like (laughs) really okay thanks I'll take it that feeling I think is just and that was the vibe I find from the first event Mm -hmm. again this was just an idea that was written in the book um, the universe (laughs) book Uh, and then it came to life at and it came to life. And what was so amazing is that it was just, a, I think we were 50 women. Yeah. And it was our close-knit, but also a few extended mm-hmm. and extended women. And what was so beautiful was that we had five or six speakers that we invited. And then after, we actually had an open mic at the time. And we invited any woman to come up and share. And we didn't know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And what was so magical was that I think five or six women yeah. came up and and you know because of our background because of our work you know because of our network we really had a diverse group of women you know of all ages ethnicities and so all of these women coming together and being vulnerable was just I mean I guess it was the first event but it was, it was just so yeah. magical to watch everybody at first the there was tension at the, at the beginning of the night because nobody knew what to expect and then as the speakers started opening up about their lives you really felt you felt everything mm-hmm. lighten up in the room and then yeah. everyone was just so and open people to would share. like um would also remember like uh this happening a little less and less but the, with the, one of the best moments is like in the nights when like there's reaction from the crowd that people don't feel like oh i'm interrupting but like I remember at some point, like one girl was like, yeah, and then I and she had a, a, a tough go and then she found someone. And then like as soon as she said, like I found the crowd went like, what? like it was and then, you know, like, oh, good for you or like something like I, that was enough for me. And people were like 
react supporting each other cheering each other on cheering each other on and also part of why we uh, started it was just like when we were going through those tough times we realized we are so so unbelievably fortunate to have strong strong networks of girlfriends like Desiree has a very big circle of friends and I do also and it's one of my biggest gifts in life is the friends that were sent to me. Maybe I didn't have the ideal situation happen in my life, my family life, and in, in certain times, but the friends that were sent to me on my journey, is like, it's priceless. And so I know how special that is, and then to realize that some women are might be going through what we're going through, but don't have friends, or like a lot of friends, or anybody else that they can turn to for um, advice or just an ear to listen to and so we wanted to open that network and so that's what so we did our first event with the friends and then some friends to other friends and then and then it's just we just realized there's more and more women that feel like us like our like feel our heart and that want to be in a place where women are not in competition Mm. and that are just there to support one another and and listen to the girl who stood up to tell her to tell her story which is really and what's Special. so beautiful now is that a lot of women come alone. We actually have a lot mm-hmm. of friends, a lot of our friends, who choose to come alone yeah. because they want to connect with other women. They want to connect with strangers. Mm-hmm. And there are not many opportunities now to connect with other, to really connect with other women. No. And, you, you know, and you know that by coming, uh, I often say this, but you'll be with like, like-hearted women that you have this soul connection just because it's kind of like that secret club that you're like, oh, if you're in, you know that you can automatically be vulnerable with this person. You can automatically not talk about traffic or the weather with this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, tell me you're real. Like, what's up? Mm, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really true. A bit like when we met, right? Like at, yeah, the, at the event. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> right? No, but it was so fun. Like, and because Alex... Um, because a friend of yours uh, been there, had yeah. been to one of our events, she knew how to introduce me, and then we connected, and then we just automatically started having a real conversation. And I think everyone that was in that circle totally appreciated it because yeah. we had a mini convo. That's what happened. Like yeah. we had a convo in this networking event, and it was it was cool. really it was really great. And and I'm also like I think the people who are drawn to conversations like that are people who would naturally be kind of like like kind of open. Yeah. Mm. And my friend Alex is especially, um, especially open. <laughs> especially <laughs> open. Um, but so you started at 50, and I want to get back to the universe book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you started at 50, and like how many people are, are at those events now? Like how many? We average now, I mean, we just had our 12th event, um, and we were almost 100. I think there were maybe 95. We average between around 80, 80 to 90 people oh, at wow. each event yeah nice. so what is the universe book <laughs> you wow. said you, you envisioned God. it and it was written in the universe <clears throat> book well when I got separated I was actually on a vacation um I was with a girlfriend we were on our on our way on a on our way to Florida and I was a bit sad and a bit frustrated, you know, just thinking about my baggage back home. And she looked at me and she was like, what do you want? Throw it out into the universe. And ever since that, so basically we had an amazing weekend. So the universe book is? <laughs> the universe book is a book that I started in the middle, the midst of my separation. And one day I decided to just throw things out into the universe. 
So randomly, I would write things down, you know, law of attraction. And I was very specific about, you know, what I wanted in work, what I wanted, you know, different experiences that I wanted to, to, to go through. May I add just that also these are things with your separation, you realize that you hadn't been asking yourself those questions. Yeah, exactly. So it's all the questions she had not asked herself Correct. in years that all of a sudden you were asking all of them. And I guess that's... Yeah, because I, in any in any transition, any separation, I mean, I found myself asking, you know, who am I? What's my purpose? What do I want to do? All of those questions, you know, all of the above, like mm-hmm. that whole like rediscovering yourself. And uh, I mean, that's we can go into that later, but... I, I created this, I, I bought a book and it's called Universe Book and I just literally, I would say, I'm throwing it out into the universe. And one day I remember saying, women, stories, Joelle and I were crying one day on her carpet, you know, so sad about everything that was going on in our life and, you know, hugging on the floor. We looked at each other and we're like, we need to plan an event. You know, something like vagina monologues where women just kind of like share their share their stories, get, you know, and it's not a it's not a a bitch fest, you know, and it was more just to share their stories. Because like I said, what brought me comfort was listening to other women and and by listening to other women, I felt less alone. So in June 2016, I put I wrote in the book events for women at Lord William Pub. That's what I wrote, closed the book, and that was it. And then three months, three, four months later, that was the birth of Livila at, at Lord William, Lord William Pub. <laughs> this podcast is a lot about imposter syndrome, which is like, you know, when you kind of feel like you have to fake it till you make it, and, and like you feel often like you don't belong. But for you guys, like where did you get almost like the guts or like the courage to be like, okay, our stories are so important and like these other people's stories are so important. Like people will definitely want to hear this. Like was that mm. just intuitive or? For me, for years, uh, for me personally, and mine is like a pretty uh, story that's pretty close to my heart. It's just that I, um, like four years ago, almost five, I uh, went through a really, really tough time uh, with one of my friends um, and it just, she lost her husband and who was a friend of mine, but to see my one of my best friends go through that much pain in person, I was just broken from there. Because I always thought that I had to keep everything all together because I was the happy person. And a lot of people counted on my happiness energy to fuel theirs. Mm-hmm. And so I felt responsible for so much and then also being so responsible for so much in my own home, but also in, in life. And then the fact of that tragedy just really broke me completely and that I I couldn't I couldn't either I had no low, no energy in me to muster up faking anything so when I was sad like I was just sad all the time and so like people wouldn't ask me I would tell them beforehand like don't ask me how I'm doing people wouldn't ask me and I just had to ha- like you know I just and one day like I was living my my pain right on my like in, I was living my pain um, very openly because I had no other choice. I didn't know how to move forward. And so by doing that, I also it also permitted me to to be sad certain times and to show my vulnerable side and to tell someone that I wasn't doing well and why. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I would tell someone why I wasn't doing well, 
they would also just either give me the space, give me compassion, or just allow me to move away from whatever situation. You know what I mean? So I felt by the more I would tell people I'm grieving, I would get, I would feel better and better. Mm-hmm. But if I was trying to pretend that I wasn't grieving, it would have been so hard, so much harder, to, yeah. to try to get all that together. For sure, I don't think I would have like made it out without medication if I was always trying to like. So I was just sad until I was less sad, until I was you know sometimes smiley, and then my smile came back, and then like things just came back. And so for me, I was like I said, I was completely broken open. So when um, I had the miscarriage. I didn't know, I, I knew what to do. I knew, I knew that I had to just be super honest about my pain. And but my, it took, if I may, it took yeah. a lot, <clears throat> it took a long time for you to feel, uh, what's the word? I mean, you only spoke, you spoke at the second event, I think. Yeah. Because a lot of the times I said, can you share? And sh- are you ready to share? And she wasn't, you weren't necessarily ready to share right away. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to share. And you also felt, no, I don't, no one will relate to that. And nobody will, you know, there was like this hesitation in you. And over time, like the more you've shared, the more you've listened. I've seen you, I've seen you blossom and grow. And for you, I guess, like you had the same thing. Everyone thought you were, had a perfect life. Yeah, I guess Mm -hmm. for me, everyone thought I had this perfect life and... They were surprised when I would say that I was sad. And I felt this need. I'm also very transparent. Um, and so I, I, I felt this need to share. And I again, I would share with my close-knit circle my my feelings, my sadness, my anxiety, all of that stuff. And there are women that were inspired. And when you hear, when you hear somebody inspired by your story, you know, it, it affected me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you're actually inspired by my story, really? Because it seems so simple when you're doing it. You're just so surviving. Simple. You're just doing what you have to do to get through the day and the next one. But I did, I did, I, I, when you said fake it till you make it, like, yeah, absolutely. There was a long period yeah. of time where I felt that I still had to put up this front, you know, aside from being with my, my close-knit friends. Mm-hmm. I still had this front. I still had this image that I wanted to, to, to portray. And, you know, I wanted to be, you know, continuously known as that strong one, you know, Desiree, the strong girl. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people that reached out to me when they heard, they said, wow, we always thought of you as being very strong. And it's a great compliment, but I'm also still strong. I'm still strong, but I'm also vulnerable and it's okay to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And over the course of this whole Lila journey is the more I've opened up, the more, I mean, I always say that I have nothing else to say and no one else is going to relate to my story, but the more I open up, there's so many, there's so many people that, you know, when I opened up about my infertility issues, there's so many women that reached out to me privately saying, I had no idea. I see you with Nav. I see you, you know, I see you with your daughter. I had no idea you went through that. And, you know, and I didn't even write a lot. You know, and I find that, and I guess the imposter, I don't know if that's really imposter syndrome, but it's like, really? Like, you're connecting to me? Like, who, yeah, yeah, who, really? Like, it really surprised me. And then it just, it didn't, I guess it didn't last very long because it just touched me. And, and because my, I think my, my mission is to, to to help people and to support people. And if my story supports them and makes them feel less alone, then, then that just makes me very happy. So to follow up, like, how do you manage knowing that the right thing to do is, like, be vulnerable and open and then also parenting 
during these like hard times? Like, how do you talk to your kids about things like this? Hmm. The things that you're going to and your feelings and like sadness. Well, my, I mean, for me with every, with my separation, I obviously, I'm not going to talk. She was too young, you know, and, uh, I had shared the story about, uh, my daughter, you know, crying at night because the night times after putting her to bed was always my darkest and my, my lowest point of the day. And I would cry myself to sleep and, you know, lock myself up in the room and then wake up the next day and feeling fresh and rejuvenated. It was a fresh new day and we'd blast music and, you know, I, I just got this burst. Uh, and that one day that she looked up at me with my eyes completely swollen from crying and she said, you know, mommy Bobo. And, and I remember thinking, oh my God, yes, you know, mommy has a Bobo, but and she's like it's okay mommy you're gonna be okay and I mean I said this at the event and what I didn't say I realized is that is that you know I said I mentioned that she believed in me so like you know I have to believe in myself and she was you know one of the first signs from from the universe that 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 was sent to me to believe in myself and it was all about self-love and now three years or two years later what I tell her is, you know, we, we snuggle and we smother each other day in and day out. And, and, and I tell her how much I love her. But now I always tell her, there's only one person that I love more than I love you. And she's like, who do you love? And I, said, I tell her, I love myself first. And then I love you after. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, for me is, um, I think when you have to explain to children what you're going through and put it into um, kid-friendly words or... Uh, analogies that they'll understand that resonate with them it makes you have to kind of stop your pain for a moment and make it like and analyze it to then make sense of it and then by sometimes explaining it, and also you always give the child the hopeful version of something realistic but still hopeful and by doing that I've always heard myself and then you're saying it out loud and you hear yourself and you're basically telling yourself that you know what I mean so yeah. whether it be like loss the other day like my daughter is at dinner no idea where this come from, came from but it was like uh what happens to us when we die and like then the second follow-up question was like who's God and I was like okay like <laughs> over salad this is great and I, like my husband wasn't there and I was like okay so solo I have to but you have to figure out the answers that makes sense to you then so quickly you have to like evaluate your values hmm. uh what you want to transpire to like what you want the kid to really remember from what you're saying and also for it to be somewhat hopeful and not scary but like by explaining something that's not scary like i'm petrified of death but then when i was explaining it to her it made so much sense hmm. you know the way i i, I don't know i don't explaining how the body is one thing the soul is another and then you was a good explanation and then like your soul goes on a train ride just to the stars because we say like instead of heaven because it sounds religious yeah just to lay things very like simple for now um i was like you know we go to the stars when you if there's because it's quantifiable yeah. when you look at the stars yeah. you could see like those are the people that are looking down on us and so there's a sense of like security we're not far and they were like mm. what happens if you would die like you, all these things and be like I'm always going to be there and yeah. so by telling her I'm always going to be there you can always talk to me that also says that I can also talk to my loved ones it reminds me of that also I can talk to my loved ones that are past I'm not alone on this journey you know what I mean so by mm -hmm. telling her I comfort myself also somehow yeah 
It's, and most of the time, you don't. If you would ask me before, do I have the answer? No, I don't have the answer. No, and it's and always still, stress. Whenever you get that difficult yeah. question from your kid, you're like, "Oh my oh, God, am I screwing well, you?" Well, you have a teenage. <laughs> yes, which we had a lot of conversations, and then like, my seven year old, before like the night before last, I like good night, and she said, "Mom, um, I'd like for you to have another baby." I'm like. Okay, great. I'm like, well, I'm gonna think about that. And she said, yeah, but if you decide, like, is the baby just in there right away? And I was like, um, no. She's like, okay, how does the baby get in there? I'm like, okay, good night. I'm gonna think about this answer and I'm gonna answer you tomorrow, like, hoping she's gonna forget. I'm like, I did, at that moment, like, it just panicked. And so sometimes it works and you have the great analogy of, you know, going to the train to the stars and it's all great. And then you're just kind of, there's the other nights where I'm less successful and I'm like, good night, I'm gonna answer tomorrow. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Just so, in there when you decide, you just have to. Yeah, yeah, but there's. Well, I just tell her she. I, I explained to Nev like how she was conceived. I'm like, we just loved each other so much, and we wanted you so badly that we, just a baby came into my belly. But I've also She's said also that before. before. Yeah. before. It's also yeah. true. It is true. It is technically, true. Yeah. but so I said a part of mom and a part of dad have hugs really tight like which what i was talking about was really like the egg and the sperm and then that makes a baby because when we lost the other baby we had told them that we were pregnant and so i had to then also explain to them why i wasn't pregnant anymore yeah what happened so physically i told them physically what happened like you know this did not stick and then baby like and then all so i had to do that one also but then it's kind of like now she wanted like so they knew that part and i'm like oh god so now this is the follow-up question so now i need to be more specific right <laughs> and i was not ready so it's coming later. yeah 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 i'm like steps, maybe, steps. she didn't ask me today so i'm like yeah baby steps baby steps <laughs> so do you guys have any one person who's like had the, a big impact on your lives or like your um and this can be like maybe like a mentor on your project together or your separate it's funny though that you asked that because just when we were preparing our intro for the last convo, uh, Desiree shared exactly what she shared earlier in, in the interview was just that she does a lot of research. She researches everything if she has a problem. And I just realized while her, by her saying that, I realized that, that I do the complete opposite is that I always think that I have to do it on my own. And then if I do not know the answer, it means that I suck or I fail, like I, I'm a failure. So like... So then to realize, like, no, no, you just need to ask someone who knows better, make, doesn't make you lesser than. Yeah. And so for me, so somehow I've never really had a mentor because I always thought I had to do it, like, on my own. But I've had people, I guess just the women, honestly, the women that come, the brave girls who stand up and say things, mm. I think have inspired me. And it could sound a little cheesy, but it really is that they've opened me up, they've they've validated my thoughts my feelings and also the direction of my career that I wanted to to do that this is what I want to do and I never want to do anything else I want to add to this but this will always turn around some version of what we're doing with the convos yeah yeah and what about for you for specifically for Lilila I would have to agree with Joelle that the women have inspired me just to open up and to share and just to, they've taught me so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, with mentioning Katangmar Alex at the last event, she validated me as a mother when she talked about how she was never praised for her, her beauty. She was always praised for being smart and funny. And that's what I, I, I do with my, that's what I chose to do with my daughter. And by hearing the outcome 
the, the positive outcome that 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 has in the future just makes me so proud and so so hopeful yeah you know so that that's just been great but if I would have to mention one mentor in my life especially during my whole spirit sounds so cheesy my spiritual journey but my my whole the the the, the transition the transitional period in my life or my new chapter or what can we call it <laughs> my second act my second yeah act two <laughs> the second phase of my life uh it would be dawn my my old friend and mentor she's she was a yoga turned meditation teacher She's actually on retreat now for two months, and she really taught me. She was, you know, she really took me outside of my comfort zone and taught me, uh, taught me about mindfulness. She taught me to really gather my thoughts and to really process my thoughts and to just be still. And she, she is, you know, how I research everything. I also love to meet people who research also. So I just pick their brains. You know, like when I was pregnant and we went to go, we had to buy the stroller. I went to the one store and got a migraine 45 minutes in. So what did I do? I text messaged three of my friends that do a lot of research that just had babies. And what I picked my stroller. They picked my stroller for me. So Dawn is one of those, those women in my life where she's just so knowledgeable she's this maven for meditation and and self-care and love and i mean it, i started off with yoga but it's just it's just extended into so many other lifestyles the way she yes yeah, it's, it's, it's her a way of being system. she's mm-hmm. very she's very she's a minimalist and she's you know i love hanging out with her friends it's just she, she introduces me to new circles of very open people like on a regular basis which yeah. is just so i love extending my circle, I love jumping into meeting new, new circles, people. meeting new people, mm-hmm. trying different things. And again, if I had to name one person, it would be Dawn. You guys have like a certain amount of business savvy or like social media savvy or something. Are <laughs> <laughs> you universe book or is that training that you had before in your careers? Well, I, I mean, I have a, a degree. I have a, a bachelor's in marketing, but when I graduated, that was before Facebook. That was that was before all of yeah. all of this. You know, there was no Instagram. There was no Facebook. I think there was no there was no Wi Fi. There was no Wi Fi. You know, there was literally like I, I, I there was dialogue, and and I have a background in marketing, and I worked in marketing for a very long time. But again, this whole social media. I mean, I'm again, I'm just fascinated by people, and yeah. I'm fascinated by people, and I definitely spend way too much time than I'd like to on social media but you know it really fascinates me to just see what's happening and and I'm just fascinated no, so but it's also but it's also lurker? No, I'm, I'm a professional lurker yes I'm uh, guilty <laughs> yeah guilty but it's also what I really love is just to see the different interactions or also to see how things evolve and to see mm. I don't know there, there there's just this little this little thing that goes off in my mind when it comes to it, it's like connection like social media is very surface to a certain mm-hmm. extent but I always just in life also with people you know face to face and online it's like my question is how can we how can we go Connect. deeper how can we scratch the surface a little bit more mm-hmm. and that excites me I think for me it's like um, I'm always it's like a learning curve like for me it's it's weird I always think it's weird to I don't know like selfies are weird like everything is weird but I do it just because it's kind of like out of necessity and also by also realizing that there's a certain interest and so you're like okay well I am proud of what I've accomplished and 
um, with my family. And so like maybe that is what I share and the why. And so I think, so I don't, so it's very like a very like, it's a beast. Like it's a scary beast Mm -hmm. to me, but I'm getting used to certain things. And then at the same time, there's there's also, yeah, but there's also this thing that for years I didn't think people wanted to know anything that I had to say. And for years it was true. And maybe half of that was in my mind, but Mm -hmm. half the time people just wanted me to shove me quiet and then the other part was just like, uh, just like I just want to look, don't talk. And then you would talk, and then they'd be like, oh my God, okay, she has things to say. Uh, scary. <laughs> and so I just kind of learned to minimize myself, minimize my voice. And so always thinking that what I had to say was uninteresting mm-hmm. or not of value because I didn't go to university and because I didn't graduate and all those things. Like for me, it's stories that I told myself that kind of shut my shut myself down yeah and so I stopped telling myself those stories and then also opening up and saying like okay maybe someone is interested in this little either advice that I have or and then sometimes you feel you're young and you have this advice and people say well oh you're you're young and then now I'm like okay well not so young so maybe I can <laughs> kind of maybe now it's valid what I have to say and have my what I have to say has a little bit more weight so yeah, social media is kind of like, it's really not something that comes naturally, but I feel it's something that we have to do out of necessity to connect with our women. And also we see like, again, a beautiful response. And it's only kind of like, with the response, you want to do more. Mm-hmm. And then so you find, again, this safe space that we're creating on our social. But again, we don't have social media backgrounds. Like we don't, it's not what we do in our yeah. real, t- like our day jobs and you know what I mean so it is all foreign and every time there's a little class or changes on we're like please people tell us you know what I mean like what's the best way we're always trying to pick people's brains when it comes to that because we don't have the information or the ever-changing information that goes with social media fair enough yeah so do you feel like is there something along the way that you guys feel has like failed or not worked out in your aspirations for the project yet failed yet or had to be put on the back burner I know when I usually ask this people people feel that they haven't failed but maybe they have to have Mm -hmm. like have well I think that I think things shift and things have shifted over Mm -hmm. over the course of two years because we didn't realize how busy we would get in our personal lives like she had a baby (laughs) Joel had a baby baby, you know she had moved and you know and then I had I had started a job so it was just you know our time our time just became more and more limited Mm -hmm. so of course we started this and we had you know top 10 things that we wanted we aspired this project to become and of course some things took the back burner because other things we're being realistic we're being kind because we learned to be kind to ourselves but it was also it was also other things we said you know i think we we, at one point we were like let's have a tv show and a vlog and a vlog and a you know uh like all the stuff to connect the most everything above you know a book and uh you know a movie and everything's (laughs) still on the table it's still on the table but you know and then you know we didn't know we were gonna host them on a regular basis now we're trying you know we're, we're delving into workshops we're doing other things and we've met so many amazing people so do we stop and say hey no we can't meet you we have goals that we have to achieve no we're gonna we're gonna Just put ourselves out there also yeah. trust yeah. trust that whatever's coming that we know that we're doing it from the best place possible and it's authentic and it's out of love and so we're thinking that whatever we whatever is like attract like we attract has to also be like validated and listened to and also like 
analyze and say like is this a good opportunity for us and so that's kind of well, it's how also we ask ourselves if it's aligned with like we're not going to over extend ourselves either yeah we're not going to do something just to do something it's yeah. it's does it is exactly. it aligned, it has to is come it aligned from with our values as individuals and our values as partners with in lilila mm-hmm. yeah fair enough and then what's your biggest goal for lilila right now mm-hmm. if you want to share unless it's secret <laughs> It's a little bit secret, but... Um, well, we had talked about this earlier, I, I met because I'm all about lists and all about, you know, goals and r- writing things down, and I yeah. emailed Joelle, and I'm like, I need you to, what did I say? I need you to think about your ideal goal, and it could be, it could be, we don't have to have the same, yeah. the same goals, we just need to know, it, you know, what path... Are we moving take. in the same direction? And it's okay if we don't, you know, but we just have to, we just but have to... But we always know that we'd have the convos and whatever else we do can be together or separate, but again, out of respect and love, I think we can do anything, so, yeah, you did ask me, like, mm. what is your, what do you want, and then, so I guess what... I said for me an aspect of something that we started that I started last year was um, doing like a junior convos mm-hmm. um, with uh, little girls in schools, and so I had the chance to be in a classroom that was all girls. So we had like uh, 30, 32 girls in one class, and um, yeah, I sat down and I did a convo with them, and I told them my story, my little girl story, the sensible version one of my story, and I. Um, and it was just really, really amazing to, to see the feedback and also like what I learned from the little, like from the girls, what I got from it was, and so it just made me realize that if what we're doing now, the convos we do now, if we had like all this information that we're hearing from all these women, if we had this information 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like how, how we would have grown up to be what kind of women who would have we have been sooner. Yeah. Imagine if you could be yourself like 10 years ago instead of like you know 10 years later it would be so cool to live your full self you know for for the most years possible i think Mm. it's like a gift as a woman especially with you know a lot of things happening in the world and a lot of like things that women in general are trying to overcome i think that that's the sooner we can feel a hundred percent and we can then live our complete truth is like it's that's just what we should want for everybody and so like i say for girls but i think that there's somewhere that if we keep being the best we can and empowering ourselves there's also there's i do have two boys and it makes me all always think i don't want to leave them behind yeah and find a way so yes there's male privilege and all that stuff but to find a way for them to also grow and to know that they can be emotional and strong at the same time so try to change that mindset for uh, young boys also for me would be something like down the road that I'd love to work towards work mm. towards and so I'm doing that this year again with some uh, young girls at a at a performing arts school and so I'm gonna so, yeah so they they're dancers and uh, I studied in dance which is a really cool connection for them and for me and so we're gonna do a bit a mini convo and then they will they will dance their story like their toughest story to their favorite song in that moment. So it'll be kind of like cathartic. Yeah. And so I think those things are, are powerful to make young women live what we live, uh, like when we do the convos. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And what about you? What's your goal? I guess short-term goal, I said this from the beginning, is that I I want a mixed convo. Mm-hmm. I really, like really that, yeah. want a mixed convo. I've been, I've been throwing it out there, but 
we're getting mixed reviews. Uh, but our first event at Joverse, what was amazing was that there was a lot of male staff. And I remember looking back, like, and it was a pretty deep convo, that, that event. <laughs> and we looked back and it was, you know, there were maybe five or six men standing in the back completely riveted riveted by by the stories and 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 they were like when when are you going to invite men mm-hmm. it's really important that men are exposed to this that they yeah. hear and, these stories and mm-hmm. and so yeah short-term goals would be um, a mixed event because i think it's really important mm-hmm. and i think that there's a lot of men that want to share or need to listen to this because i just want to add that there's a lot of women that come to the events that will never share but they come and just by listening we always say this that sharing is, is obviously very courageous but listening is also just as courageous because not a lot of women can are, are comfortable listening to women being another woman being vulnerable and shaking those feelings up maybe for yourself, you know. Yeah. And so they're so be by showing up, you're also being vulnerable to maybe feeling uncomfortable that mm-hmm. night, which yeah. is a beautiful thing. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So short term goal would be a mixed event, and long term goal is. there's there's a lot of Mm -hmm. exciting stuff I don't know I see international communities communities like Lilila all over the world you know expanding and just taking it to a whole new level and just creating platforms for people to share and normalizing sharing normalizing talking to one another normalizing telling your story yeah and also normalizing like emotion you Mm -hmm. know like at one of the uh, one of our patrons, one of the girls that comes to the events often, she likes um, this little proverb that one of the little girls at one of the classes I did, um, I remember telling her, like, I might cry because I'm going to talk about emotions, but I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it. And she, I said, you know, like, some people think that crying is weak. And then she wrote, she, like, she raised her hand and she was like, I had, I heard a proverb, a proverb that says that, you know, that you, um, it's not that you are you're crying you're not crying because you're weak it's just that you've been brave for too long and that made me cry mm-hmm. instantly <laughs> and i feel that that's true and then like i remember i even said that like walking two seconds like when i was dry, dropping off my daughter at school the other day to like a mom and a dad and i you should have seen the dad's face when i said that mm-hmm. like you saw to what point it resonated in his body and his mm-hmm. soul when i said that and i was like those, those are like three four words and this guy's just like I don't know, like he, you just saw him like open up completely, and so. And and that's the beauty of what we've seen happen at these events is when women listen to the stories. At least for me, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna base it on my own personal experience. Listening to these stories, which I don't necessarily relate to in in most cases. At least now I'm more. My heart is more empathetic and soft to other women. And, you know, if I see somebody standing alone, I won't think, you know, before I might have thought, why is she standing alone? Why is she standing at the wall? Now I'll think, wow, maybe she needs a hug. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe her kid is sick. Maybe, you know, and it just makes you, it makes me feel, it makes me feel their emotions and just, it brings me down Mm -hmm. and it makes me more compassionate. And just that is, is beautiful you know because you're less I'm less on edge and I'm just I try to maybe I tried a little bit too too much sometimes but I try I really try to put myself in the other person's shoes and I and 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 what I've learned through Lilila's is is really to feel what other people are going through yeah deep and honest compassion that's it yeah 
Yeah, totally. Okay, I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah I know. Love it. Thank you. Yay. So a big thank you again to Joelle and Desiree from Les Lila for doing this podcast with me. Um, it they're really amazing. If you want to check out their event, it's happening. Well, they're it's happening monthly, but the next one is happening on January thirtieth, twenty nineteen, at Joe Verse. Um, from eight o'clock till ten o'clock, the convos are happening, and then there's like a drinks and mingling um, portion from six to eight. So you can check that out at either Lelila on Instagram or www.lelila.ca. Lelila is L-E-S-L-I-L-A-S. So it's lelila.ca at Lelila on Instagram, Lelila Society on Facebook. Don't miss out. It's a really uh, great opportunity to connect with other women. And I hope to see you all on January 16th at Meet Your Marketing Mentor. And there's uh, going to be a bunch of side hustle workshops in the coming months. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Have a great week. Happy 2019. I hope you crush your goals. I hope you do everything and eat a lot of vegetables. And I love everyone. Bye.